guys, uh, hey Bev, first of all, the, welcome to another episode of Song Mess, my name is Richard Villegas, and we are uh, actually listening to a cover of Juan Gabriel's classic, Querida, and this is by Magio Bus, a producer from Mexico City. It's a very smooth and sensual tune. Yes, it is. This is uh, Barry White with Power Love. Um, let's wrap up the song and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute. So that's, uh, that was Magio Bus. Um, actually, I said he was from Mexico City. He's actually from Chihuahua, uh, which is in, in the north of Mexico, but he lives in Mexico City right now. Um, he, he's this really cool producer um, who does, like, you know, 8-bit music. Um, he has this whole... He, after Juan Gabriel passed, he did a cover of El Noa Noa, um, again, in 8-bit, and it, like, blew up. It actually became, like, kind of a hit, which is really cool. Um, and so... You know, he he's a video game developer, he's a programmer, um, and so he, like, you know, he and some friends in Mexico City were talking about putting together a video game, actually, about Juan Gabriel. I actually had a chance to, like, talk to him. He's a, he's actually a friend of mine at this point. Um, and, you know, he was telling me, like, you know, I'm going to keep making songs to use in the game. And so he actually has a version of Hasta Que Te Conocí, um, or uh, one of, oh, what's the other one? Uh, well, El No No, as I said. But anyway, so yeah, so he ha- it's a it's a four EP. It's like mis grandes éxitos in eight bit, uh, which is really cool. Um, he has his own like music, aside uh, on the side, um, aside from just you know doing gimmicky fun stuff. Like he has an EP called you know Eight Bit Life, which is really fun. Um, and he's actually one half of Ex Novias with Dromedarios Magicos. So you've you've definitely heard his his stuff before. Um, how'd you feel about the song Biev? 
uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I'm very here for uh, the influence of video game music on pop and indie music and electronic music. It's, um, I'm surprised by it, but it, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that I like it because it's really, really nerdy. Yeah, oh, he's a total nerd. Um, fun fact, his, um, his name, Mahio Bus, uh, comes from the fact that he's a part-time magician. Um, he is like, you know, again, like he, he's checking off all the nerd boxes. I love the guy. He's, he's my hero. Um, and he's like, you know, he's like, well, I'm just a part-time illusionist. It, you know, it's no biggie. Um, <laughs> I suddenly want to give him a really big hug. He is the shit. He's really fun. Um, and so, yeah, and I wanted to start with that just because like, again, in the spirit of, you can't, you can't be sad when 8-bit is, is playing. And like, you know, Querida is actually, it's both like a joyous and really sad song, because it's about, like, this, you know, lover who has left you, basically, and is just like, please come back to me. Um, and so, like, you know, there's just been a lot of bad stuff in the air. We're kind of living through the apocalypse right now, and I just want to I, I wanna try to put a positive spin on things. I just want to, like, try to smile. Richard, just... Richard there's, there's no positive spin. It, there are good songs. There are good songs. We have good songs and Nazis. And Nazis. I don't know what... To do with that, but uh... um, well, if um, what's her name, Victor Victoria, Marlene Dietrich? No, no. Oh, anyway, that was Victor Victoria, Marlene Dietrich. No, the oh, I forget her name. Whatever. But anyway, um, if you it know, wasn't? if the Von Trapps. No, could... she was in Blue Angel. I'm... Marlene Dietrich was in Blue Angel. I, I'm thinking of the Von Trapps. Like, who was the name of Maria, the nanny? Oh. That's the sound of music. Yeah, that's the one that I'm thinking about. Uh, Julie Andrews? If Julie Andrews could beat the Nazis with music, so can we. I think they beat the Nazis by getting in a car and driving away. I've never seen the movie. (laughs) But the point is that music is healing. You're thinking of Swing Kids. No. But again, music is healing and we need some smiles. And I just like, I feel like, you know, even smiling makes my face ache at this point. Um, but you know, we're just trying to keep it light and positive and fun, still woke as fuck. And we will get to that later in the, in the show. Um, but you know, we're just trying to, we're just trying to smile a little bit more right now. No, you're right, Richard, because I think it was actually Bertolt Brecht who said that, um, you know, if people ask, you know, will there be singing in dark times? And he said, yes, there will be singing about dark times, which actually is not at all what you were saying. Anyway. (laughs) Well, let's start with something that I know made you smile. So you recently had a chance to you talk to... You make me smile. Oh, well, obviously. I mean, in, in that way. Hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink. Um, but you had a chance recently to speak with Lilo Pimienta and to like write about her new album. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, oh my goodness, yeah. Um, it was a very intense interview. Um, um, Share only what you can. <laughs> Let me think. But I guess the album's already out, so there isn't that too much secrecy around the music. Oh, no, there's the this... Music. I mean, the story's out, and there's there's no cause for secrecy. In fact, like, I was surprised at how much um, she was willing to talk about, right. you know, in the story. And I don't know. Honestly, I wish I could have put more things right. into um, the story uh, that was published, um, because it, it was a long interview, and she's an incredibly interesting person. Um, you know... I just, I feel like this album, the, the core of it is that she, it took her a very long time to get the album out because she was doing a lot of living. She's been doing a lot of living uh, since Color came out. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, it's just, it shows like such tremendous growth as an artist on her part. And it's, it's very, it's a very rich, complex album. And she was... What's the name of the album? um, La Papessa. And she was completely in control of it. And it's just so multi-layered and full of like incredibly important um, songs about feminism or also the song Agua, which is a really heartbreaking uh, song about um, really inspired by the lack of access to water that um, her family on her mother's side, who are uh, Wayu people in Colombia, mm-hmm. have. And um, the lyrics are very poetic, but it's a, a essentially about children dying of thirst, which is what's happening. Right. You know, She described what's going on and, and what's happening to... Um, her people as genocide because it is and it's it's going on all over the world and water access is going to be a really really huge issue for everyone mm-hmm. but it it's already affecting indigenous people and it has been for a very long time and I mean we're dealing know, with that now here exactly that's what the fight is about you know um, in Standing Rock is about you know that and the fact that the lands are sacred to the people who live there but also that you know they need clean water and the people who are going to build the pipeline don't give a fuck about that and they know it. Well, and one of the most important, one of the most uh, impactful things that I think I read or heard from from this whole uh, situation in in Standing Rock uh, was, you know, they were interviewing someone and they were like, we're not just fighting for us, you know, like this water, like a good like 20 million people drink from this water. Like this is, you know, we're just a little fragment. This river keeps going. Other people drink from it. So if it's polluted we're not the only ones who are going to be affected. We're fighting for everyone up here. And that, to me, was that really resonated. It's just like, you know, if you don't get behind that, like, where are the people in, I don't know, who where the where the river follows to? Like, you know, is it Michigan or is it South Dakota? Or, like, what, what who else is going to be affected once, you know, the, the Native Americans are probably going to be defeated up there, especially now with this Trump administration. Like, they will more than likely be defeated up there. It's true, and it's terrible. And by the way, if anyone's going out there and they think I can be helpful, um, I have no money, I don't have a car, but, like, pick me up. Um, I'm not going to have that much to live for anyway, so they can put the dogs on me. It's cool. Um, I just can't. don't know how I'm going to get there or back. But <clears throat> Well, you, um, we figure that out. It's yeah, fine. we'll figure that. Richard's going to put me in a in a package and mail me. Um, um, but getting back to Lido for a second. So you brought in the song La Capacidad. What mm-hmm. can you tell us about it? <clears throat> well, it's it's about um, a relationship that she was in that ended up being abusive. And in our interview, she was very um, honest and direct about that. Right, that, that was in the article. So. Yeah, she wants people to know about her experiences so that other people can um, be inspired, um, learn from you know, her experiences and, you know, she feels it's important. And so it's just an example of what an incredible person and artist she is, is that, you know, the second she got out of this relationship, you know, she wrote a song about it. And essentially the song is about, you know, how much I love you. I couldn't possibly love you anymore. You make me so happy. But in the end, I'm still a separate person from you and I have to live my own life and you can't control me. And it's sort of on both a personal, on like sort of like a both a micro and a macro level, that is essentially like the battle that women are fighting right now. It's like to be seen as a human separate from the men in their lives, you know? 
Okay, so let's go ahead and listen to that now. This is La Capacidad by Lido Pimienta. Tú Tú tienes la capacidad Tú De hacerme reír De hacerme llorar De felicidad Y yo Ahora estoy aquí Y tú Eres todo y más Soy feliz aquí Pues tú Supiste esperar Yeah. 
Uh, that was beautiful. That is really, really um, personal. Because, I mean, she's saying, you know, like, you have the capacity, um, you know, to change my life. You have the capacity to, you know, make me laugh and the capacity to make me cry. And, it, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's really, again, it's it's really hard to not look at everything now through a scope of, like, the reality that we're living with politics and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, female even erasure or or validity is really just kind of being questioned. Um, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, are women even real? Like, are, are, you know, are women... Are women people? Are women, but, that, I mean, it's such a stupid question, and it's so real to, like, I mean... It know. is a stupid question, and yet it's one that has been raised by philosophers and psychologists, all of them men, of course. Of course. No, clearly. And, you know... Do women have souls? I think that was Carl Jung. Well, I'm not joking. Like, I mean, be, because apparently women don't have souls, that's why we got, you know, an, a fascist Cheeto in the White House now. Well, so that's I mean, great. I sold mine, but well, I had I was I had one. Well, the uh, the 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 other thing I really liked about the song is that like cuz I had a song that I thought would pair really good with it or at least another artist that I thought would pair really good with it. Um, and it's Carolina Camacho and she's from the, the Dominican Republic. Um, uh, I've actually seen her perform, I want to say once before, maybe twice. Um, I met her. She's lovely. She's really cool. She's, um, she, um, she, I think she's really special because she's one of these artists who, you know, I feel like there's a, a Dominican Republic that's pre Rita Indiana and a post Rita Indiana. Mm -hmm. And she's the first artist that I've heard out of DR in a long time that is post Rita Indiana that doesn't sound like Rita Indiana. Uh, and I thought that was really exciting because she is different. She's borderline weird at a lot of times. Um, she mostly operates with like a looping console and she like, and she has a, again, she has kind of a bizarre voice. It's like, it's operatic at times, but then she like drops it kind of low. Um, she'll, she'll sing and speak in Taino. And again, it's all really loopy and, and layered. And so her new album, Afro Taina, is really cool. It's really special. Um, it was produced by Raul Sotomayor of Sotomayor. Um, so it still has that jungly feel, feeling to it. Um, and again, I think it works really, really well. Like, again, her voice her beats with his production. Um, it came out really, really cool. And um, so the song that I decided to play is Amarra um, because it's like a reggaeton, dembowy sort of feeling to it. Um, but she made a point of addressing the misogyny that these genres of music usually are just plagued with. And she made it more about female empowerment and assertion. Uh, and again, amarra, like it's to, to, to amarrar is to tie something down. And it's very much like you can't tie me down. Um, I think that's the point, and I, I think it's a really, really dope song. That's awesome. Let's hear it. Hola. 
conmigo no Me va a tener que arrancar el corazón para que me pueda me agarrar Conmigo no, conmigo no Ni amarrar ni enjaular Me va a poder controlar Conmigo no, conmigo no Me va a tener que arrancar el corazón para que me pueda me agarrar Conmigo no, conmigo no Cultívate De adentro para afuera songs here that definitely do make me smile okay um, finally <laughs> yeah no, this this makes me happy so we've got shoegaze and dream pop from mexico okay um okay so mint field is a band i've been hearing about and i finally listened to their music um when i got assigned to write about vice versa which is their new song they're supposed to be having their debut album come out really soon and um they're a trio and I don't know. I just find the song to be so beautiful and soothing. And you know, for like a few minutes, I can sort of drift away like I'm floating. Uh, I don't know if you know about Mintfield, but um, so like uh, uh, Grenda and one of the main people in Mintfield, like the girl, I think she might be the singer. They're brother and sister, first of all. Mm. And they're both the children of, I want to say, Bustich? Of uh, Nortec Collective. Yeah, members of Nortec, yes, I, I know that. Yeah, so like music is, runs deep in this family. I think that's kind of cool. And I think that might be one reason why some people are like rolling their eyes. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, as, like you know, that, that like having parents who are also in music right. maybe help them to catapult themselves into situations such as, you know, recently playing Coachella, um, which Midfield did this year. Mintfield played Coachella? Yeah, they played Coachella. Stop it. They did, yeah. What? Anyway, this band is from Tijuana, and they're blowing up. Let's listen to Vice Versa.
All right, you know that this is not my kind of stuff, but that last song was my jam. What the hell was that? Please speak and preach on this. Okay, I would like to uh, retroactively introduce that. <clears throat> the song was um, Take Me Home by Silver Rose. She is an artist in Mexico City, and I don't know, um, her name is Carla Sarañana, and um, you know she's describing what she does as shoegaze or dream pop, but to me this is like kind of just actually 90s alt rock in the absolute best way. Like the song um, kind of reminds me of like Chris Isaac, Wicked Game, you know, I don't really want to fall in It's like major rock and roll power ballad that just happens to have like a very modern feel, modern production. Mm, okay. Um, she's super new and I'm super pumped on it. I just heard her recently and I was like, we have to play this on the show. That felt super fresh. Uh, it actually reminded me a little bit of Girls, and I know that you don't care for that band. Um, like, uh, I'm not even going to sing a song by them, but I know that you're not a fan of theirs. Uh, but I, j- I really like that. Again, it felt fresh. It felt really like, even though it was really fuzzy, it felt really like bright. Yeah. You know, it felt like a ray of sunlight, which I kind of need and for like, my music right now. So it's like a lot of that stuff, you know, um, like sleigh bells or whatever, that like, it's a, it's okay. like, it's mm-hmm. so well produced that, um, it's not lo-fi anymore, but it it has it's a little bit noisy. Normally, right. that stuff like really grates on me because I'm like it's like fake lo-fi, and I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. But like this gets it absolutely right, and um, you know because it is just like solid pop rock songwriting, and I'm just I was an instant fan. Awesome, 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 awesome. Um, all right, let's move on to Chile because again. This wouldn't be Song Mess if there weren't some music from Chile. And I actually have two back-to-back artists from Chile lined up, um, both of them queer. Um, and that's kind of like what this little segment is going to be about. So first of all, Me Llamo Sebastián, you know, um, fantastic, queer, weirdo, pop camp singer from Chile. Um, he's, you know, El, El Niño Rosado. He's been actually making some really interesting new choices. Um, he just got back from a European tour, um, and he's been working with uh, Christian Heine, you know, the Chilean producer. Um, for Chilean super producer. Super producer, super mega producer. Um, for the better part of this year, and, like, we got a taste, we played a taste of, of that first partnership with Las Polillas a, a few episodes back, and he just released the new track, uh, Hijos del Peligro. Um... The main thing about this song, because, uh, like, the song is great, but the video is extremely powerful. Um, and it's sort of playing up on uh, the events of Pulse Nightclub um, that happened back in June. Um, you know, it's heartbreaking, and it's beautiful, and it's sad. Um, and it basically depicts uh, a nightclub shooting. Um, and again, it sort of has to do with that gut-wrenching, sort of self-loathing that many queer people go through uh, before eventually finding themselves. And again, it's just a beautiful video. It's heartbreaking. Um, Again, it's endlessly relevant when you think about the political and social climate we're going through really just globally at this point. Um, So I definitely encourage you find it. Um, So we're going to start with that, and then we'll talk a little bit more about our second uh, artist. Ya perdí el miedo ancestral a la casualidad Vamos a pelo a gato 
So yeah, the song is called Hijos del Peligro, uh, Children of Danger. Um, and I think it's, you know, the moment I read the title, I knew what the song was about, which was basically it's queer people live in danger. We walk around in danger, you know, just 
in regular peril. You know, you could be at any point attacked on the street or you could be fired from your job or you could just be discriminated against or your family could cut you out of your life, you know, cut cut you out of their life, I suppose. But, um, you know, it's just at any point, your queerness could land you in some shit. And that's that's a reality. And again, like, worst case scenario is it kills you. It gets you killed, you know? Um, and that's just the reality that we all live through. And so that's kind of what he's talking about here is just like, we all live and walk on the edge of danger and, you know, just for being ourselves. Um, and, I, and I think that's really profound. Um, so I, I respect him very much for that because he never hides, you know, or he might be hiding over the, you know, in the camp. But, you know, he never keeps it from the world. Like, he know, like this is what he's feeling and this is what he's giving the world. And uh, I had a friend once who said to me, you know, non, non-binary um, very gender fluid, you know, sometimes she's feeling she, sometimes he's feeling he, it's, but, you know, the, 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 pro, the pronoun they prefer is they, um, and they told me once, you know, asked me how their face looked, if the makeup was on point or whatever, and I was like, well, I don't know, girl, you look fine, um, and they were like, no, 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 because the world already hates me, but they're gonna hate me for what I want them to hate me for, and I thought that was very, important it's it it kind of uh accentuates you know or reaffirms your control over your own reality i don't know it's something it's something that made me think about it um and then the next song i wanted to play is by namuel so namuel is an other very outspoken very queer visibly and you know again it's noticeably he's effeminate uh wears a little makeup wears a lot of pink um you know, and, and again, he doesn't hide it, um, and it's very much a part of his discourse, whether, you know, whatever he's singing about, um, he's really young, he's like, I don't, I'm not even sure he's 25, um, and he used to be Javier Amena's keyboardist, um, and he's broken out on his own, like, for a few years now, um, he put out an EP, and, like, he has music videos, like, with boys, and he'll be kissing, you know, with the boys, and, like, a lot of people have told him, you know, if you, like, butched up a little bit, you could be bigger, and he's very much about, like, fuck that noise. And so his new song, Malita Ingenuidad, uh, damn, uh, what's the, na- naivete, I suppose? Um, it's very much about, you know, like, if you look at the cover that art that he's putting out for the song, he's, like, in, a, like, a little pink shag coat, and he's wearing, like, glitter makeup and stuff. Like, it's really, like, okay, girl. Um, and, and I asked him about it, and he was like, you know, I'm not really trying to make a statement. It's just that I finally feel comfortable within my skin. And, you know, I want to show that to people. And so the song is, again, very much about that. Um, and, again, he's very outspoken. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, some stuff that he's been going through lately. Um, but let's listen to the song first. All right. No soy el mismo de hace un verano atrás Cambié de álbum Tatuaje quedó mal No quiero herirte Y no lograré cambiar Nunca aprendí a ser amado Y no me puedo acostumbrar No soy tu dueño Ni soy tu propiedad Maldita Sin crimen la bondad Están 
presencia no volver a pasar mi corazón me quiere muerto y mi ser about Namwell, um, you know, where he was like, I'm not making a statement. I'm just really comfortable with who I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, reminds me of an essay I read on Pitchfork by Sasha Geffen. And um, it was about when Perfume Genius appeared on Letterman. Mm-hmm. And um, he wore bondage gear and lipstick and a white power suit and was awesome. And, you know, a lot of people said, oh, you know, that's so brave to go on late night television, you know, dressing like that and um Sasha wrote very incisively that we should not call that brave because you would never say a straight guy was brave for you know dressing how he feels All right so um you know I just feel like you know and like you've said similar things in the past yeah I mean well because again if 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 you know me you know that I like tend to be a, a bit outlandish with how I dress you know I'm I am campy, I'm faggy, it's whatever. I don't care. This is, but it, but it is who I am. And, and I, I feel like, I, we, I thought it was really funny when you said, like, you know, don't call him brave. I'm like, I hate being told that I'm being so brave. I'm like, girl, just, I have the closet. <laughs> like, you know, I have the madness and I try to own it. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the things with, with Namuel that he's very, like, he's very, like, no fucks given. Because he's, again, he is every bit of millennial he's like you know he has a big like instagram presence and a big like social media presence on facebook and stuff um and like he's very much he's very much about out, uh, speaking out on it because again for some of us it's really hard to hide it like i mean i could you know you could put me in flannel and jeans and i'd still be like hey girl like you know not all of us can hide our queerness the same way that like you know, maybe not not on a racial level or on a religious level but like you know, I also don't want to hide. 
Um, and so, like, he's very vocal about, um, you know, social causes. One of the things that he's actually kind of uh, going through right now, um, and really that Chile is going through right now, there's a lot of racism. Um, and he's very white, like, he's white and blonde, and, you know, he has, like, a, he's part of that Chilean-European background. Um, but, like, so La Botota, who's a very famous drag queen in Chile, um, she won, like, this TV show or something, and, um, you know... And mind you, she's merely a symptom of a greater illness, but she has a sh an online show that's very popular, and she did it in blackface, like, either this week or last week. She and her crew were all in blackface, and they were making fun of, they were using, like, racial slurs and stuff, um, which, again, in Latin America, it's all in good fun or whatever, but it becomes less fun when you think about the huge migrations of black Latin Americans that are coming into uh, a lot of South American countries. Chile in particular has seen huge migrations of Colombians and Haitians over the last few years, um, be it for economic reasons or just natural disasters in Haiti or whatever. Um, so, you know, and and it's something that you hear about constantly on the street. Like a lot, like um, uh, the biggest Colombian settlement in Chile is in Antofagasta. And like there's, they jokingly call it Antofolombia. Um, you know, a lot of Chileans are saying like, oh, the race is just getting dirty. Um, you know, so it's like, there is this anti-blackness that Latinos often don't even like to admit. Um, so he's been very vocal about calling that stuff out. And again, like there's like a little itty bitty mini feud or whatever, you know, in, in, uh, in this microcosm of like queer life, uh, in Chile. But he's like, it's not so much about La Botota or about her show or about her team. It's just like, it's about calling it out in this greater context of like how we're seeing it now in Chile. Like this isn't, this isn't about me and this isn't about her. This is about like how every single person here is being like, oh, you know, all these black people, all these darkies that are coming from like, you know, wherever are, are like, you know, changing our country. Again, as, as we've seen throughout this whole episode, things that imitate the sort of general social conversation that we're living here or even no, at a like global we have level. like there there are a lot of issues like this that are at a global level, and that's um, I guess one thing that gets impressed on me again and again. The more like I, uh, you know, become familiar with like music scenes throughout Latin America is like how much North America and Latin America have in common mm -hmm. with each other, you know, and how much our our histories are linked, and how um, I really feel like. Uh, particularly white Americans do not understand themselves right. or their history and they're in complete denial about what America is. And yet we have no problem looking at Colombia and saying, oh, this is a country that is like post-colonial. It has been shaped culturally by, you know, black and native American right. culture and then also European culture. And that's just so interesting. And they're but, ravaged by poverty. Oh my God. Yeah, and, you know, and, but we can't look at ourselves right. and say that that's exactly what's going on with us, even though we speak just because we speak English, we speak a different language, but it's basically the same equation. And we'd understand what was going on so much better if we could see ourselves that way. Absolutely. I and mean, we'd probably be less prejudiced against people from Latin America also, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I like, I've lived abroad most of my life, be it like this recent stint in South America is one thing and you know, the forthcoming one will be another. Um, but I grew up in the Dominican Republic. And so like, I grew up with a very different perspective and even, and like it, it came rushing back to me when I wasn't in, in South America for three years, again, like just a few years back. Um, because it was, it very like, the U.S. is always the center of the universe. And then you leave the U.S. and it's like, oh, wait, it's really not, isn't it? 
you know, like there people have lives that don't have to do with the U.S. and like, and especially having gone so far as Chile and Argentina, where they're like, oh wow, you're American, how exotic, <laughs> you know, like, and and we tend to to forget that here. Even again, even someone like myself, I've been back in the U.S. five years, and even New York, which is a bubble, is its own thing. You still forget. You're like, damn, there's very different realities, very different shit happening you know, in other countries, in other parts of the world, I'm like, wait, you don't know who just won American Idol? Weird. <laughs> yeah, you oh. know, I think um, New York, in, in many ways, is not so much the center of the universe right. as just the epicenter of American exceptionalism <laughs> and, and all the ridiculousness that goes along with that. But anyway, have we got, have we got more songs? Well, we no. It's, it, oh, we you, do you have, still have more stuff. We, Sorry. Do, we do have more songs, um, and it's, it's actually good that we're talking about some woke shit because we're going to go into some woke shit. Um, I'm sorry for being woke, guys. Well, we had a lot of coffee, so we don't really have a choice other than to be woke uh, right now. Um, but yeah, so Lester Ray, who we've actually played uh, before, um, he is this uh, Boricua, sort of boogaloo, hip-hop, R&B singer um, from Chicago. He's part of like the whole Cumbia Sasa crew. He's like very involved in that scene. Um, he's really, really cool. Um, and he's putting out a new uh, mixtape. It actually drops uh, this week. Um, or by the time this, you know, airs probably last week. Um, and so, yeah, and, but yeah, it's really cool. Uh, he recorded it in 30 days. Um, you know, he sort of like took a month to just write, record, sort of be inspired by the political anxiety that we're all sort of have been feeling. Um, already. Yeah. So he, he, you know, for example, like on the mixtape, there's a song called Depre, uh, like, which is short for depression. Uh, which he wrote the day after the election, and you know Donald Trump became president-elect and things like that. Um, but the uh, the mixtape is called Promesa, and I'm gonna play the title track called Promesa, um, which is about the Promesa Act that uh, Puerto Rico, you know, recently had back in June when it was um, right about to default on its debt, um, and that was like a big deal. And basically, Promesa is not so much a bailout, but it's a renegotiation of their debt but it doesn't necessarily help them in the future. It's more like, mm, it's a Band-Aid on a stab wound, you know? Um, so this is what a lot of Boricuas have been talking about on island or on mainland. Um, you know, they've been very like, so you're fixing it now, but a year from now we're going to be in the same jam again. Um, and we could talk about all the different laws and things in the Constitution that have messed up Puerto Rico and have got them where they are today. We're not going to do that. I will encourage you to Google because Puerto Rico is fucked and it is the U.S.'s fault. Um... But again, Lester Ray often sings about the struggle of, you know, the Boricua struggle, again, on island in the mainland. Um, and again, this is Promesa. I just, you know, it's really, really cool. Again, it was all like kind of like a really quick whatever, but um, the, the mixtape is pretty cool. Um, it'll be out like very soon. So make sure that you guys check it out. This is Promesa. Que los tiempos cambiaron y nos regalaron una promesa que tiene veneno 
Una que mata mis sueños Mi isla con propio derecho Las playas de antes ya queman mis pies Y mi gente trabaja de never get rest Y en esta locura no puedo creer by Sideral. This is a, a duo from Colombia that I had the pleasure of meeting and seeing perform uh, while I was at Edmoso Ruido back in September. Uh, these guys are fucking cool. Um, make sure that you find their new album, Elemental. Uh, fin we'll finish out the song and then Bev and I will dissect and discuss.
presente cuidando mi calma Sonriente no hay nada que me ate Y lo entiendo, no estoy esperando
have anything to say on it? On this song? Yeah. What is love? Uh, okay. Well, yes. So it's a little that. Um, right. So as I mentioned, this is see that I... Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Right. So, <laughs> um, but yes, that voice, um, that's, that's Delfina Dib. She's an awesome, awesome singer. She's really cool. Um, she has this like 90s fly girl swag that I just was like absolutely in love with. Um, she yeah, was into it. Yeah, she's from Argentina, and um, Hija del Viento kind of, it's kind of like describing her journey, right? It's just like, she kind of blows with the wind, you know? She, like, how the hell did I go from just, you know, living in Buenos Aires to, you know, working at a record store in Bogota, you know? And that's, which is what she does. Um, and so that's that's pretty cool. And so, and I, and I really also love the production. Um, their album, Elemental, sounds really great. It's really tight. Um, it's, you know, the, the beat maker, um, is, is Camilo Zuniga. Um, I don't know. I just, I like, it's, it's cool, sleek, trip hop. It felt fresh. It felt modern. I just think it's a really great album. I think people really need to know them. I don't know. Um. No, I'll check it out, you know? <laughs> check out the rest of it. All right, Bev. So we definitely, we just had, like, the, un, un, you know, the, the Richard Wall of music. Um, I think it's your turn. Um, talk to us. What do you got? Well, you know, we haven't done a new music episode in a while, mm -hmm. and um, Elado Negro finally released the album that he had w with the songs that he'd been performing for like a year. Yeah, you Private know? Energy is awesome. It's it's great. You know, we've all been waiting for it for a long time. I think it's like a watershed moment culturally. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I interviewed him, uh, you know, to premiere. Um, one of his songs on Noisy, and, oh. you know, he told me in the interview so much that I didn't, I couldn't end up putting in um, the little post I wrote, but, you know, he told me that, like, he's been performing these songs all over the country, and um, to his surprise, because he had never wanted to be a political poster boy for Latinx identity right. in America, um, you know, uh, Latinx young people in small towns all over right. America. I've been coming up to him, telling him how much, you know, the songs mean to them, especially the song Young Latin and Proud, right. which just happened to have come out at the same moment that Donald Trump was calling Mexican immigrants rapists and other, like, obscenely fucked up things. Um, and so, you know, sort of... The songs are actually all very personal to him, you know? And when I talked to him, he even had, like, a hard time sort of putting a fine point on, you know, what they're quote-unquote about, you know? Um, but, you know, and yet I think his, his message got across really, really well. And um, actually, this is not one of those songs that I no, want to play. No, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, this is one of my favorites, but it's not a political one. The songs are very, um, yeah, a lot of the songs are, are very romantic, but that's one thing I love about the album is that it's, it's fluid. It's all personal. Right. It, you know, it's all his internal experience. And this is kind of a very complex yet very tender love song. And um, I, I recommended Elado Negro's music to a lady named Key I met recently, who's mm -hmm. she's actually she's a really great rapper. Um, and, you know, um, she checked it out and, you know, because we were talking about music and exchanging songs we liked. And she told me that Transmission Listen was her favorite. And I went back and listened to it and I'm like, 
you know, it is pretty freaking great. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I was I was stoked on the political songs. Like, the one I premiered was um, It's My Brown Skin, right. which, why am I excited about that song? We can unpack that later. Um, <laughs> and, but, you know, this one, it's also pretty fantastic. So, and, you know, it's an album cut. So, like, check out the whole album, guys. And I feel invincible
Yeah, so, you know, in the past I've been vocal about how I I wasn't like really that into him at first and like and I and I even said like cuz he's he's really chill. He's always been super super chill. And then um uh, Ruido Fest was a turning point for me. Like that's when you were like, "No, no, no you really got to see El Lado Negro." And it was amazing. Um and so recently he had a show um, at the Bowery Ballroom, it was his like one of one of his biggest headlining shows. I think he's had I was in New York. Go to that. Yeah, well, I didn't. Life happened, you know. But um, it was an amazing, amazing, amazing show. Like he was spectacular, and like again, he has this sort of like big quietness to him. Like because he he had like you know it's it's very like at at one point people were you know just talking. So it, it felt very, like, crowded bar and then, like, you know, a singer really trying to, like, struggle there. But, like, he never really quite acknowledged that, which was great. Like, he just carried on. And his um, his own energy and his own performance was so powerful that people just started, shushing, like, shushing, like, the crowd. And eventually people, like, listened and then they stopped. And that was really, really special. Um, and, you know, he had, like, he had this whole, like... Um, he had a whole string section. He had a saxophonist. Um, he had, like, a cello player. Uh, oh, the saxophonist was also doubling as a bassoonist. Like, he had this whole thing. He had his wow. tinsel mammals. It was really, really, like, a proper setup. And it was really cool. He had, like, these w- little lights that were weird. Again, he ha- he finds a way of amplifying small details. Um, and, it, it again, it really, really worked um, very well. And, again, like... After that, I've just been playing Private Energy on repeat. Like, that album is just so good. It's definitely one of, like, the year's tops, for sure. Um, you know, end-of-year content is happening right now, guys. So, you know, you can just hold your breath for, like, our end-of-year show. Um, well, you know, and getting back to his concert, you know, it's it's like my dad always used to say. Walk softly and drop a dope album. Yep, I'm pretty sure that's, that's verbatim. <laughs> Um, but who else was at that concert? Buscabulla. They opened for Helado, and they were also really cool. <laughs> like, I mean, that was kind of a magical night. Now, they're another group that, like, I've been standing for, and you've been like, I don't know. I've been very, very tepid about them. And again, like, you know, I've seen them perform twice. I, yeah, I saw them perform at LAMC and at Festival Normal, and everybody talks about their normal performance. I was, And I was very like, it's cool, but I was very like, meh. Um, so what finally moved you? I don't know. I think the fact that they were playing new music, because um, the thing is that they're one of those artists, like I've compared them like to Maluka, who have this big sort of name and this big hype without that much material to back it up. Because they, until recently, have only had like really like four or five singles or songs. And I can even try to tell you that that's not true about Maluka. But, but you know, like they premiered a lot. They were premiering, playing a lot of new music. Um, because the album's been coming out, I had a chance to speak with Raquel for a little bit, because I was, like, in, an, in a get-up, and she was in a get-up, and I was like, I like your get-up, and she's like, oh my god, I love your get-up, and so, like, we just talked for a little bit, bought a t-shirt, and kikied a minute, um, and I was like, you know, like, I've seen you guys perform a bunch of times, but, like, I was like, but this is the time that you guys really, like, blew my mind, um, and there was just so much energy, and they were so, so cool, and, you know, you're bringing in their new single, I mean, why, why did this... Why are we listening to Tartaro? Well, you know, because I liked them before. Right. And um, this song, it's more pop. It's more of a cohesive pop single than mm. I think that they've really had in the past. And so I was intrigued by that. 
Um, and then, you know, there's this, uh, it's called salsa erotica, which I'm not aware of being a thing, actually. Um, I've, I've heard of salsa romantica. I haven't heard of, I, did they make that up? Do you know? Um, I don't know, but I, I just keep thinking of suavemente. I think that's not it. And then um, fog me or like a really mm-hmm. lewd version of suavemente maybe. So anyway, our, our theory, which is probably our ignorant theory, is that <laughs> salsa exotica is not a real thing. Um, they made it up, but it's like, I think it's. Well, exotica. Um, or erotica. Yeah, it's erotica. Right, because exotica, like Aima Sumac uh, did yeah. like that sort of mambo exotico or whatever. No, but I think, I think they're, they're saying this was inspired by salsa erotica. And maybe someone can enlighten us, guys, mm-hmm. right in, tell us we're idiots. But we maybe think, that's something we need to Google. We think we, we, maybe it's something we should have Googled before we started the tape. But I think it's something... Um, but if Busca Boya made it up, it's pretty cool. And I hope they keep doing it. So let's, let's listen to the song. All right, so this is Tartaro by Busca Boya.
So while we were listening, I, I thought of like another thing I really like about this song that mm. is like the most extreme um, example of this that Busca Boya has done. But, you know, it's a little bit shoegaze. It's a little bit dream pop in addition to being, you know, okay. sort of like an electronic um, sort of there's a little salsa thing going on. You sure. know, um, it's real funky. Yeah, and so it kind of reminded me of, like, it's been said that uh, shoegaze in many ways was sort of, like, sort of mimicked the sound of the female orgasm. And, like, just what remind this reminds me of, like, uh, one, one thing I like about it is, like, how incredibly, like, feminine and also erotic it is, that song, mm. where it's sort of, like, it, it almost... Um, it, it redefines the the definition of, like, what really sexy music sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, um, with the whole salsa erotica sort of description, I don't really see the salsa, but I definitely hear the, ero- the erotica. Um, it's a very sensual song. You're, you're absolutely right, especially how Raquel uses her, her voice. It definitely sounds a bit orgasmic. Um, but, yeah, I really, really dig that. Um, like, am I old enough to be listening to this? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, all right, so as we near the end of the show, uh, we usually close with whoever, you know, important seminal musician died this week. Um, Worst year to start a podcast. Legit. Um, we're not going to end on that today. We, I mean, we, we are going to eulogize someone now, but that's not going to be our final sign-off because, again, we are determined to leave with a smile today. We have to keep our spirits up. Um, and someone who kept my spirits up for a long, long time was Sharon Jones. Sharon Jones, um, for those who don't know, is a very important uh, part of like sort of the soul revival that we saw in the 2000s. Um, she was a prison guard for, I can't, I, I don't actually know how long, but she, for many years she was a prison guard, um, and she was a hell of a singer, you know, one of these like ladies that just sang in church or whatever, and she like sort of blew up late in life. Like I, I'm pretty sure she did try when she was younger to have like a music career, but it didn't really come to fruition until she was like, you know, in her 30s, 40s, you know, she was an older lady for sure. Um, I think she died at 60, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and she just blew up over like the last 10 years. Um, and with her band, The Dap Kings, which, you know, many of you might know for their work on uh, Amy Winehouse's classic, Back in Black, um, you know, The Dap Kings are like an incredible band still with or with her, with or without her. Um, but her voice, again, she's just, she was just a fireball of energy on the stage. She was out here, you know, doing like the mashed potatoes and, you know, just dancing like a crazy person. She was amazing. Um, she was my friend's aunt and I actually had the opportunity to see her live twice. Um, I got to go backstage every single time. I had front row, you know, access every single time, VIP. Um, we got to hang out. Uh, every time, um, I got to smoke weed with her and her band once, um, you know, like we hung out backstage at summer stage. Um, like that was fucking cool. Uh, after one of her performances, um, you know, like she drove, that was in Williamsburg for some reason. She drove my friend and I to Bushwick to, to my friend's house. And like, you know, I was just in the back holding like her completely sweaty, drenched dress, um, and like, we were just, you know, kiki, 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 she was like so funny. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, this, this woman is iconic. Uh, just, I mean, I can't, I can't speak enough about her. She was just truly funny and outrageous and like an incredible talent. And, you know, again, 
the world definitely becomes a darker place without her. Wow, you knew Sharon Jones. I did. No, all I have to say is that, you know, um, if you've ever seen her live, and I did get to see her once in Prospect Park, you'll never forget that. And also, if you've heard this song that you're about to play, Mm. chances are you remember the first time you heard it. Yeah. I had just moved to Atlanta. Oh, really? So, yeah, I, I decided, you know, I mean, I have a number of Sharon songs, that Sharon and, and the Daft Kings that I just love, um, but I, I figured, why not go with just a classic? This is 100 Days, 100 Nights. Um, again, I feel like it really epitomizes her sound and sort of like, you know, just the melancholy and sadness of losing yet another great. <laughs> One hundred days, one hundred nights, to know a man's heart. One hundred days, one hundred nights, to know a man's heart. And a little more before he knows his own. You know a man. 
So we are at the end of yet another incredible, astonishing, legendary episode of Song Mess. Uh, Beverly, where can people find Song Mess? Let's see. You can follow us on iTunes. You can follow us on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. All Song at Mess Song Music. Mess. Yeah. That's right. And, um, and email, obviously. You can always send us in your submissions. Uh, cool. Please explain salsa erotica to us. You know, um, mansplain to us. Um, all at songmessmusic at gmail.com. We're, I'm really surprised no one met, emailed us telling us we were wrong about prayers. It's because you all know we're right. Or but because no one listened. There's that. <laughs> um, anyway, you can listen to Songmess on SoundCloud. Look us up. But it's so much better on iTunes. And make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate us. Make sure you comment. You know, because iTunes will bump us up a little bit. And, you know, just before you know it, we will be the next alt Latino. Assault Latino? Alt Latino? I don't know. Working titles. Anyway, um, yeah, so we have one final song. Uh, this is Beautiful by AJ Davila. Um, why this song, Bev? What about this song really was necessary today? Well, it's a very, it's a very positive song. It's a, it's a self-affirmative song. It's a song that's like, you know, I don't care what you think of me. I like me. Um... And, and so, you know, since, since we were trying to be a little bit posy, I thought that, you know, it was, it was the right thing. And it's new. Yeah, I really feel like this is the perfect way to end this episode. Again, smile, 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 positive, positive, positive. Put it out into the world and hope, hope it comes back to you. Because, um, you know, again, there's some murky times ahead. But, you know, make sure that you're talking to each other. Make sure that you're listening to each other. Um, organize, plan, tell your stories, do not be silent. And again, just any light, happiness, sunshine, love, just hold on to it and embrace it. Yeah, smile because you know what? It, it makes people uncomfortable sometimes and other times people will smile back. That is actually something I've been thinking about a lot. There's been a lot of debate on Twitter about whether or not it is helpful or stupid to wear a safety pin to let people know that if they are being harassed by bigots that you are willing to help them. But maybe what is much better is, you know, look around you, smile at people who seem nice, and that's probably the best way to let other people know that you are there to be a friend. Indeed. Uh, this has been Song Mess. AJ Davila, take it away. Mm-hmm.